My days working, taking care of my little ones can be a lot. I checked out care.com and it was so easy for me to find local, experienced, and background check sitters. Finding our babysitter was way more affordable than I thought. Care.com makes it super easy. Search for qualified candidates. You can view their profiles, read reviews and ratings, check their availability, send messages directly, and get the help that you need. Care.com should be every person's go-to. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, Bills Mafia. We know there's only one topic every day. All Bills, all the time. And now Matt Bovey and Sal Capaccio are going really deep. Talking Bills all year long. Because it's always game day in Buffalo. All right, my man, Vinny Von Sr. joining us here on It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. It's good to catch up. It's always hard for us. You're not only Western time zone, I'm Eastern time zone, where you're Pacific. But we basically have radio shows at the exact same time. So it's always hard for us to get together and, and talk. Exactly. Those those three hours are are, are different. You know, it's interesting about that. Uh, spent some time with the uh, Raiders practicing against the Rams. And it turns out that Josh McDaniels and Sean McVay have become really good friends. And what's helped expedite that is that they're now on the same time zone, uh, the, the Pacific time zone. So their, their times line up. You know, the Rams actually practice in the afternoon, the Raiders more in the morning. So it all kind of works out. Whereas when he was in New England, Josh McDaniels and Sean McVay was, uh, you know, obviously in Los Angeles. They could never link up because of the time change, too. So uh, I, I think I think we understand where they're coming from. Uh, Vinny, normally I'd have my co-host Matt Beauvais with me here, but just you and I talking. Matt couldn't uh, participate in this particular interview, but it's always good to have you. And I have to ask, you are in Vegas, right? Because the Raiders are not. The Raiders are in West Virginia. Tell us all about that. Yeah, uh, the, you know, when the schedule came out, they decided to uh, to go ahead and spend the week in West Virginia to kind of get acclimated to the, uh, the time zone. There's, I guess, some humidity going on uh, still on the East Coast, so a little bit different weather. Uh, so they just wanted to get a little bit of a leg up on it. They do that, um, you know, on, pretty much on a yearly basis if there's back-to-back -back, uh, games or, or East Coast trips that they want to kind of get a leg up on. Uh, later on in the year when they play the Miami Dolphins, they're going to go to Orlando uh, to practice there for a week. Last year when they played Jacksonville in between playing the Saints, uh, they went out to the IMG Academy, um, you know, uh, in Sarasota uh, to practice there. So uh, so not unusual for them to uh, to spend a week away from town to try to get acclimated to uh, to the surroundings that they're going to be playing in. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Vinny Bond Sr. joining us. Uh, he is the Raiders beat reporter for the Review Journal. He's also the host of the Morning Tailgate on Raider Nation Radio. All right, let's just take a look back. To last week first, the Bills obviously on national television, a game that they really kind of gave away with Josh Allen's turnovers. But the opposite was true for the Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, they go to Denver, they get a, a victory, an upset win over the Denver Broncos. How did it happen? Yeah, um, 
they did some very unlike un, unraider like things. Let's put it that way. Um, especially of, of, of recent years, they played their best football when the best football uh, was required, and it all kind of followed their worst moment. Their two worst moments, really. Uh, Jimmy G throws a, a an end zone interception. Can't have that. Uh, he called it stupid, dumb, idiotic after the game. So he definitely owned it. Uh, but they throw the interception in the end zone, which a TD gives them the lead. Uh, a, a, a field goal, I think, would have tied it at that point. So kind of a devastating way to start the fourth quarter. Then their defense, which has been playing pretty good, forces a three and out only on fourth down on a punt. They run into the punter. They give the Broncos a new set of downs. But from that mo moment on, they played their best football. They don't give up a touchdown in this situation. You're in years past, including last year, they give up the touchdown right there. So rather than go down by 10, it's a six-point game. The Raiders' offense then scores a touchdown uh, to go up 17 to 16. They give the ball back at six minutes, with about six minutes left in the game. Fair for Raider Nation to start worrying at that point because they've given up plenty of leads by turning you know, the lead right back over in that situation. Instead, they force a three and out. Uh, make some great defensive plays to do that. The, the Broncos punt the ball, and the Raiders get it with five minutes and eight seconds left. Fair to wonder once again, how are the Raiders going to blow this? They've always kind of gone three and out right there, give the other team another chance. The other team goes and scores the winning touchdown or winning field goal, and that's all she wrote. Well, this time, they did something that when we looked at the statistics of this, you have to go all the way back to 2000 when they started kind of tracking this and I'm talking about sport radar. I don't know how much further it goes beyond that because it only stops at 2000. But the Raiders have never, since that data has started being accumulated in 2000, the Raiders have never killed off a clock to preserve the lead uh, of, of five minutes or more. So it's the first time they've really ever done that in, in modern history. So when we talk about very un-Raider-like things, that certainly was the case. And to, and to, and to uh, not give the Broncos another chance at the, at the ball, uh, turned out to be obviously the game winner. And uh, you got to give a lot of credit to Jimmy Garoppolo. He played winning football. The defense played winning football. Um, so I don't know if it's sustainable. We'll see in Buffalo, uh, but not a bad start for the Raiders to start this season. No, nice efficient day for Jimmy G. 20 of 26, only 200 yards though. Is that, is that the way they need him to play it? Is that kind of the going to be the formula for success for them this year? I think what and I've talked to Jimmy about this. He's like, hey, whatever it takes. <laughs> you know, uh, he's won football games all sorts of different ways, whether it's handing the ball off a bunch of times or throwing it a bunch of times. Um, he's done it, uh, you know, lots of different ways. So I would imagine that from week to week, that's probably going to change. It was enough for them to win this game. Um, you know, it might not be enough, though, against uh, the Buffalo Bills, uh, who have a much more prolific offense than the Denver Broncos. So uh, for the Raiders, I think, to win this game on Sunday, they're going to have to be a little bit more productive offensively and probably some of that's going to have to come through the air although they definitely need more than uh what what josh jacobs gave them in week one as well josh jacobs Devontae adams we know how powerful they are they have a great running game rushing leader and by the way obviously a big deal for them to even have josh jacobs back after what happened but jacoby myers did not practice again on thursday that was a vicious hit he took uh, against the denver broncos he's still in the league's concussion protocol a, do you expect him to play the way this is trending? At least I don't expect you to be, you know, the medical professional here. Uh, and B, how big of a loss would it be if he didn't? Yeah, I, I think go, you know, kind of tracing back to uh, you know how many times have we had to cover uh, concussion protocols? I don't even think I think I, I don't think you even get, are allowed to practice at some point. You know, and so there's so many different hurdles to clear to get to to be approved to play on Sunday. That I'm not sure it even is is 
you know, uh, that's able to happen before a Thursday. So um, I don't know if this is, you know, a bad trend that he hasn't practiced yet or just sort of part of the uh, process. And, you know, uh, we don't know if he's cleared a bunch of things to get to a certain point, maybe tomorrow, um, you know, when they get back on the field, is if he's able to do a little bit of something uh, uh, on, on, on Friday, that might be the bigger tell one way or another. If he's not out there, that's probably not a good sign whatsoever. If he is out there, then it sounds like he'd be making progress or it seems yeah. like he would be making progress. How big of a loss would it be if he didn't play? Yeah, well, you saw last week um, what he was able to do. Two touchdowns was kind of the focal point of the passing game, along with Devontae, obviously. So, yeah, it would be a big loss. It would put um, uh, an onus, I think, on Hunter Renfro, who didn't have any targets uh, on Sunday. He would have to be more featured in the offense. I think Michael Mayer, uh, the rookie tight end, along with Austin Hooper, uh, the veteran tight end. So, And, of course, Josh Jacobs. I think if Jacoby can't go, uh, there's going to have to be sort of a uh, by by committee type of a thing. But don't ever forget, uh, they do have number 17 over there, uh, and he's been known to carry the day. So uh, yes. that might be uh, a big day. If you're looking at, uh, at at fantasy football, maybe it's it's time to pick up uh, uh, Devontae Adams over there on the other side. Last thing on the offense, um, the offensive line had really good PFF grades, you know, uh, as far as pass protecting. What? Where are they? Is that the truth of who they are? Was it more of Jimmy just getting rid of the ball? Was it a not a good pass rush for Denver? How good is this offensive line? Probably a little bit of both. This was a unit that was trending up at the end of the season. I think they started as the second worst offensive line, according to Pro Football Week, Pro Football Focus, to start last season. They finished uh, as the tenth best offensive line. So that's a pretty big jump for them, and it was indi- indicative of how they play and kind of how, how played and how they came together. And I think Sunday was a continuation of that. They brought back uh, every starter uh, except for a guy that you guys probably know pretty well. Greg, Greg Van Ruten uh, took over yep. right guard for Alex Bars, so he's now the starter there. That's the only difference from last year to this year. Um, and then I think Jimmy G did a great job of identifying you know, where the blitzes and the pressure was coming from, communicating it to the offensive line. Uh, it's the quarterback's role uh, in this offense to do that. You mentioned him getting the, rid of the ball pretty quickly. Uh, that's that's another factor. He also did a good job with his feet to elude the pressure when it was there uh, and actually ran the ball a couple of times. I told him afterwards, thank you uh, for showing the world that some of us Italians can actually run a, a little bit. Um, he got a pretty big laugh out of that. He said, look, it's not normally what we do, but sometimes we got to do it. So, uh, so Jimmy showed that he can uh, run a little bit, got that key first down at the end of the game. So it was kind of a combination of both. But I do, at, from the starting point, you have to give Jimmy G a lot of credit for for managing things at the line of scrimmage the way he did. Talking with Vinny Bond Sr. here on It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. All right, the other side of the ball. I'll just ask, what in the world is going on with Chandler Jones? My Syracuse guy, by the way. I went to Syracuse. He went to Syracuse. But what is going on? We, we, we're we interested in him, too, locally because of the uh, the connection in central New York and his family, but also because of, you know, the, the, the story. It just seems wild. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports 
Center anchors and current sports obsessives were consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. It does. And, um, you know, for us, it kind of came out of the blue. Um, I would imagine that there was something that was probably brewing there behind the scenes. He had missed a good chunk of training camp. He just wasn't out there. And we just kind of assumed that it was injury related and maybe it was. uh, But, you know, you know how it is in training camp. They're not obligated to tell us exactly what's going on. Um, So so all of a sudden, you know, the Monday before the season opener, all of a sudden, you know, he's firing off a series of uh, weird cryptic uh, uh, Instagram posts and, uh, and that followed the next day as well. And the next thing you know, um, he's nowhere to be found, at least from the I mean, he's here locally, as far as I know, uh, but he's not been around the Raiders and he just has has been away. And I don't expect that that's going to change anytime soon. Um, I don't know exactly how they're going to handle this. Uh, it's it's it seems like it's leaning toward maybe uh, a breakup. Uh, but um, I think they're trying to figure out exactly how to go about doing that. But uh, but it's uh, created a big hole for the Raiders. They were counting on Chandler Jones to have a better season than he had last year in his first season uh, with the Raiders, opposite Max Crosby, kind of as the mentor uh, to the young kid, Tyree Wilson. Well, all of that went out the door uh, first week of the season. All of a sudden, Tyree now has to play a bigger role. Malcolm Kuntz, University of Buffalo, uh, has to play yeah. a bigger role. Um, so it, there's been a domino effect, and, and I feel that, like the Raiders are going to be feeling that for a little while, unless something miraculous comes uh, about and there's a reconciliation or a, um, or, or a positive outcome. And, and here's the tricky thing. We don't even know exactly what's going on. And right. I, you, know what I, you know what's interesting to me? Like we had this, all this stuff with Stefan Diggs over the summer, and every time I did a show with somebody, what's going on with Stefan Diggs? And it kind of went just away, right? Like Stefan showed up, right. everything's good, it's all – uh, rainbows and nobody knew anything about Chandler Jones. And suddenly we're here. It's kind of a totally opposite situation. Does anybody know how we got here? No, uh, not at all. And, um, and, you know, Josh McDaniels has classified it as and termed it as a, uh, a personal matter. And, you know, sometimes as reporters, we have to respect that. Yep. Um, it makes it sound like it's obviously something that goes beyond just football. And this is human. Uh, we all know, and I don't want to cast any, anything one way or another, but we all know that, you know, with mental health and with, you know, all of that, you have to be aware of all of it. And so as reporters, I think we've done a pretty decent job of just respecting where this is right now. I'm sure answers are going to come down the road, but right now might not be the time for that. All right. So let's talk about the other side of it, which is Max Crosby. I mean, I, I spoke with Mitch Morse and a couple other offensive linemen. They have so much respect for him. Really, I mean, Mitch Moore said, you watch play one and play 60, maybe, whatever it is, and you can never tell the difference. This guy just goes hard. He balls all the time. How important is he to that defense? And what's crazy is he does that in practice, Sal, and I'm not kidding around. Crazy. It's He he put Michael Mayer, the first day in pads, to put to put this in perspective. They The coaching staff said, Max, you're on uh, uh, the rookie today. And I don't know if it was Max Crosby uh, feeling um, – you know, uh, or, or holding it up for every, you know, two-star recruit or non-star recruit that had to go the mid-major way the way he did uh, that that was going to stick it to the five-star recruit, Michael Mayer from Notre Dame. Um, but he just had his way with Michael. And it was it was done on purpose. 
so Michael Mayer could truly understand what this was all about and everybody handled it with respect and there was really appreciation too but you, you it's one thing to say hey hey uh, go get the rookie you know veteran defensive end and and maybe you know uh, uh, for a player to be able to teach him a couple lessons but Sal this was play in and play out for an entire practice and um, and to be able to pull that off as Max Crosby did you have to have some superpowers to do that so yes uh, that's how he practices. That's how he plays. And I still feel like there's better football in, uh, ahead for him. It's amazing. All right. They have the two Marcuses uh, in the secondary. Josh, obviously very familiar with Marcus Epps, his former uh, Wyoming teammate. When I asked him about it, he interrupted me and said, go pokes. So he knows <laughs> who he is. Uh, they have a relationship. Uh, Marcus Peters, obviously, we know what he's done in this league. Um, what is the rest of the secondary, though? I know that they can be a little young and maybe susceptible at times. Yeah, Jacorian Bennett, fabulous uh, game one for a rookie. A couple penalties, but you know a lot of that was just kind of sort of a rookie type stuff. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, really good games. Nate Hobbs um, had a spectacular game uh, playing now the slot cornerback uh, position. You mentioned Marcus Peters, Marcus Epps, uh, the veteran safety. Um, you know has done a really good job. Good job. So they've done a, a pretty good job of changing over that secondary, adding some veterans. Uh, and then you go to the linebackers, Robert Spillane, Divine Diablo. Um, you know, they had really good games uh, on Sunday. Again, I keep saying unraider-like, but even that defensive <laughs> effort at all levels was very unraider-like. Well, I know that um, Sean McDermott has faced Josh McDaniels and vice versa, you know, several times. So it's not like they're unfamiliar with each other. And these two teams, going back to 1960, I was doing some research. If you count the playoffs, 42 meetings. 21 and 21. It's crazy. This is actually like the rubber match. I mean, Bills and Raiders have an outstanding history going way, way back. Yeah. And uh, they played a lot early. They haven't played a yep. lot as right. of late. Um, you know, it gets, it's very just periodic. Uh, but it's, it is fun when these two organizations get together because they're the AFL blue bloods. And uh, there was, you know, all those stories about how the Bills actually helped uh, the yep. Raiders early on. So there's a lot of respect there and there's a lot of greatness as well. Uh, and it's always fun when when these two teams and these two organizations get it together. Vinny, thank you so much. Uh, we really always appreciate you. And are you going to be up here in Buffalo this weekend? I'm actually not going to be there. Oh. Uh, I traded that one trip to one of my coworkers because he's from Buffalo. And he was oh. just, I said, okay, go for it. Kind of kicking myself, but it is what it is. It's all good. No, no, hey, you're a good man for doing that. Next time you come up here, either way, though, now you get double wings on me because yes. you're such a good guy and you allowed that to happen. Uh, Vinny Bonsignor, he is the uh, beat reporter for the Las Vegas Raiders for the Review Journal. He's also the host of the Morning Tailgate on Raider Nation Radio. My man, either way, we're going to catch up somewhere down the, road, yes. down the line, whether it's combine, owners meetings. Yes, Thanks for doing right. this today. I always appreciate it. Thank you, Sal. I really appreciate it, brother. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.